is all that cozy. It is. This is awesome. I, um, I saw this in the first service sitting on the seat, and I'm like, I'm going to grab it. And, um, and so there, I don't even know how much they are, 25 bucks. This one here I have around me, so it's going to cost a lot more for you to buy. No, this one's like five bucks now. No, no, but, um, but you know, I, I know it's silly, but um, last spring we began to talk about the moving of the Holy Spirit here at the church and just the idea that he is that, that, that paraclete, that comforter, that one that covers us. And if you remember right, remember me telling you how what we want is for the Holy Spirit to just cover us? You know, to where it, you, don't, you don't see, you know, the suit and the tie, although I look pretty fly today. No, you just, you just see Jesus. Amen? Head up. I just want to let you guys know. <laughs> I'm so blessed by your hearts going after God at the start of this year. Just blessed. I, I can see a hunger in you that Amy and I have prayed for for years. <laughs> a passion to go after his word and his presence. And to be, like, spiritual, not spooky. It's okay if it's spooky some, though, right? But just a, a realness about you that, that I just feel like this is a house that's hungry for Jesus. Amen? And, um, and that's a fruit of a lot of years of prayer. And not just our prayer, but those that God has brought to us through the years that go, God, I just want more. I just want more. You know? And, um. I know he's given us more, and um, I'm, I felt overwhelmed by it a little bit. Um, today, before the first service, um, right, it was between the services. Do you guys know Chip Wadega is? Tall guy, no hair on his head. <laughs> he greets in the parking lot waving. He was probably greeting when you came in today. And um, he just said, Pastor, he said, I don't know, the last couple of weeks, he said, when I've come in from after greeting, and I've come into the building, especially just walking in the sanctuary, he said, I just felt like, just like hitting a wall, just... Whew, like like God is here, you know, and um, and I don't say that casually, you know. Um, can we just do something? Can we go like this? Just Jesus, there's a word that you've given me to share today, but I don't want to miss you, Jesus. And as we submit to you, as Pastor Corey taught us today, we just want you to know at the beginning of this time, God, we're hungry for your presence. Over this 2017 season, we'll be a people of your Spirit, people that are thirsty for you. Nothing of this world is going to satisfy us. We declare that in our heart that longs for so much else, but we declare it in faith that nothing in this world will satisfy us. We're hungry for you, Jesus. Your presence, your word, and your ministry, what you desire to do in us and through us. We love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can you give God one more big praise in here? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want you to open your Bibles this morning over to Joshua chapter 3. As you move your Bibles over to Joshua chapter 3, that's Old Testament, okay? So as you get there, um, we're in our third, and it's the Accelerate series. And the idea is that God was taking his Israelites, his people, from the bondage of Egypt, and then he was taking them into possess the land, into the promised land, to walk in all that he ever promised. That's awesome. And that in the meantime, while they were going from point A to point B, while they were going from Egypt to the promised land, what should have taken 14 days, say 14 days, took 40 years. Oh my God, 
trash can you imagine that? 14-day journey to come across that Sinai Peninsula. 14-day journey to come into that lower part of that, of that, that land of Canaan. And to walk right up into what God had for them. And it took them 40 years because they had to walk around the issues of their heart. Does that make sense? They, there was a lot of stuff they were dealing with. And they, the trip took a little while longer. <laughs> Because God was so good to let them deal with the issues of their heart. And there was a generation that just would not get to the place where they would put their faith in what God wanted them to walk in. There was a generation who just would not walk in the obedience and the faith that God had. And so God allowed them to die off in the wilderness. And a new generation, say new generation, rose up under the leadership of Joshua and Caleb. And they walked them into the land of promise. Last week, in the last couple weeks, we've been talking about this, this journey into the promised land. And I believe the place of promise is just that. It's a place of blessing. Say blessing. Yeah, it is. It's a place where God has what he has for us. And the enemy of our heart would love to rob us, just like he did the Israelites. He would love to keep us separate and away from God's best in our life. And I believe 2017, we can align our hearts up with what God is doing in such a way that we won't miss what he desires for us this coming this coming year as we go forward. So what I want us to do today as we look in the book of Joshua, um, let's open to Joshua chapter 3. Let's stand to our feet. I love, if you're new, we always stand to honor God's word, just that first time that we read on a given Sunday. But what we want to see here is that God is taking them in to possess, but God also knows their hearts often are possessed by stuff. And that there's some stuff they got to deal with if they're going to get their hands on the stuff he wants for them. You know what I'm saying? How many know there's some stuff that gets in the way? Amen? And so what we're going to see here is some of those things that get in the way and what we can do to deal with those things so that we can walk into what God has for us. Let's start here in Joshua 3, verse 9. It says, And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. We can stop right there. You know why? Because to me, you've already halfway walked into your promise this week. It says, Come here and listen. <laughs> To the voice of the word of God. Amen. And I'm just a voice. A goofy voice sometimes. Sometimes a pretty decent voice. Other times, not so much, you know. But thank God we come not listening to a man. We come listening to the spirit of the Lord. Amen. And so I love that. When I said that this morning, I read that. I'm like, oh, we're already halfway there. Because we got a whole room full of people that have come here to hear thus saith the Lord. If we come in here just to hear some little tiny sermon, if we come in here without any intention to walk out the word of God, oh my goodness, what a loss, what a waste. You know, you don't have time for that, do you? You could be out fishing or something. But man, you came here to hear the word of the Lord. And here's what the word of the Lord said to him. Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is amongst you. He will drive out. He will not fail to drive out from you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and your mother-in-law. I'm sorry. It, just, it never gets old. It just doesn't. You don't know my mother-in-law. No, I'm teasing. Okay. So cut that from the tape. 
It goes on, verse 11. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. God is moving ahead of us. We're keeping our eyes on him. And God wants to deal with the stuff in our life that's trying to keep us from possessing the best God has for us. Let's pray. Father God, right now, over the next few minutes, would you stir us in our hearts and allow us to leave this house with just a sense of knowing that next thing we need to put our hands to, God. Lord, it's by grace. There's not one thing we can do apart from your provision, but you've provided so much. I don't want to be wasting my time holding on to such little when you've provided so much. So, God, today help me to know how to open my hand and let go of what I want to possess so often in my life. My stuff, my things, my desires, my wishes. And so, Lord, just open my hands to you just as we did a little bit ago. God, we just open our hands to you, and we want your best in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have your seat. As we look at the nation of Israel coming into the promised land, there is a promise, but there's also a people that are trying to keep the people of Israel from walking in their promise. It gives us a whole list of these ites that's trying to keep them, and it's the same way in our life. You know, how many got some cellulite in your life trying, no, I'm teasing, I'm kidding. You got some stuff in your life trying to keep you from God's best. Yeah, you do. So do I, but I want you to know that God has a plan for everything trying to rise up against you. He has a plan and a promise for you to take position so that you can take hold of all that he has already taken hold of for you. It's already been a promise said years past. Whoever wherever you put your feet, I'm going to give you that land. That was a promise given to Abraham way back. I mean, 400 plus years. Wherever your feet go, I'm going to give it to you, that land. You know. So here's a promise, but all that time, the enemy from the Egyptians to now these ites, they're all trying to keep them from walking in the promise. You know what? They still are trying to keep the Israelites from walking in their promise. I'm sorry. Got to show my Jewish brothers some love today. Amen. So to the mishpuka out there, my family, you got to have a little love from us today. Right? Right? You know, but they're still trying to keep them from walking in the promise. I mean, I just, oh, help me, Jesus. Okay, don't get political, just preach. So when it comes down to it, God, he wants to walk us into promise. He has a plan to bless us. He wants us to have his blessing. You know, from the very beginning of time, when God breathed into man the breath of life, he said that man would to go forth to multiply and to be fruitful. So he gave them dominion. He gave them ability to multiply, ability to be fruitful, all those wonderful things to possess the land, to take the land. And we chose to put sin before it. We chose to look at the enemy of our heart and say, you know what, we're going to chase after that. Now listen, I know if it wasn't Adam and Eve that would have done that, I guarantee it would have been Oscar. I guarantee it. <laughs> Love you, Oscar. You know. No, no, somebody in this room, we're, all, we're just prone to wander. I've been telling you that. We're prone to stop looking at what can be the best that God has for us and to chase after lesser things. And we're no different than Adam and Eve. And so there's always the lesser things of the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. They, they capture us in different ways, but we hold on to things. And we miss grabbing a hold of the best that God has for us. And here's the thing about this. The reason why is it's not all your fault. Look to your neighbor and say, it's not all my fault. It's not. It's not all your fault. Let's just be honest. How many here, you really want to be good? I remember, I remember in high school, okay, I was always in trouble. I just was. I know it's hard for you to believe. I was always in trouble. 
And I can remember junior high, and it was rough, but then high school, I think I'll grow out of it. And then I'm in juniors, and a junior in high school, and I'm telling my wife, Amy, where is she? Where's mama go? So, mama, she backs up. Okay, so I'm telling my wife, Amy, wherever she's at, I'm telling her, something's wrong with me. I, I don't know if I'm possessed, which is impossible if you're a Christian, but I would go to school going, you're going to be a good boy today, Ross. <laughs> can you imagine that, 17 years old, be a good boy. And, um, and invariably, it's like, I got a detention, you know, week, day, daily, often. It was horrible, you know. And, um, and the thing is, all I'm saying is, I wanted to do right, but there's something in me that wanted to rob from me, right? Listen, it's not all your fault. Do you believe that there is a devil? Let me just ask you that. Now, I'm not going to say that you're not responsible to not respond to the devil, but you're fighting a battle against you. Not just a battle with yourself. All right? There's the enemy that would love to rob, steal, kill, and destroy from you. He loves that. And he's been doing it for centuries. He's been doing it from the dawn of time. And that is his place. He hates three things. You ready for this? He hates the blesser. With everything he has, he hates God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to rise to God's position. He thought he could overtake the joy, the glory, the worship of heaven. All right? And Lucifer was even known as one that was faceted like diamonds. All right? Like a diamond. I'm sorry. That's a different thing. So we're not going to go to that song. But still, like diamonds. Okay? Now here's the thing. I don't care how big a diamond is. It can be as big as a VW. If it's in the dark, it has no shine. If it's in the dark, it has no brilliance. Right? And so separate from the light of God, Satan ain't nothing. Period. Done. But because of that, there's a Lucifer. There's an enemy that's loose like a roaring lion in the earth that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to devour. wants to take from God's people. He's always been trying to take from God's people. And he's still going to try to take from God's people. All right? Now, I'm not going to let you off the hook because we need to respond by faith to the word of God and counteract the enemy. But I am going to tell you, you're not alone in this. So he hates the blesser. Number two, he hates the blessed. He hates you. Doesn't want to see you walk in God's best. Wants you to walk in the curse that is upon this earth. When that sin entered the earth, in that moment, everything on the earth became cursed. And now God intersects us, his people, the church, to wherever we put our foot, we bring blessing again. Amen? Whatever we take from the world and we bring back to the kingdom, it gets blessed. That's amazing. I love that. And so it's our place, the church, big C, and it's your place, the church, little C, to be able to reverse the curse in so many ways. So many things that we put our hands to, God begins to turn around. We see your blessing, the blessing of God in it. And so he hates the blesser. He hates the blessed. He hates you. And he hates the blessing. He doesn't want you to walk in, his, in the stuff that God has for you. He doesn't want you to walk. I'm going to use the word, okay, and I'll get to it here in a second. He doesn't want you to walk in prosperity. And you hear me say that, and some of these, like, first-time visitors are going, Ethel, we're leaving. That's one of them prosperity church. No, no, because I know what broke his life, all right? Prosper we're not a prosperity church like that, but I will say it's a lot better having a little than having a little less, you know? <laughs> True. But, but what, what prosperity is, is this. I heard a guy say it this way. I loved it. It's to have enough to take care of your business, okay? And the guy that said it, he said it this way, to take care of your business. Everybody with a D say that, business. <laughs> he goes, it's enough to take care of your business and to have overflow to take care of what God desires, you know? 
and to bless others. And so, it's so you're taking care of your stuff. God does want us to prosper. I do believe that. But the enemy hates us to walk in the blessing of God. Absolutely despises us to do that, right? And so we want to see here through Scripture what it looks like and how there's a curse. But what does God do to cause us to walk in his blessing in spite of the curse, you know? There's a curse on this world, and it's a place, and, and, it's, and it is the place of us, the believer, and God's church, the power of the Holy Spirit to reverse that curse. And so when we do that in our own lives personally, it's the idea of consecration. We're going to go back to that word. That's what we started with three weeks ago. Consecration. When we consecrate ourselves, we're giving our lives to Jesus as sacred for his purpose, automatically what the enemy wanted to be cursed starts to become blessed. Isn't that cool? In a moment. You know, I'm giving myself to you, Lord. And so let's throw the definition of, of consecrate. It means this. It says to make or declare something as sacred, to set apart or dedicate something for the purpose of God. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, we begin to see that they started off with these Israelites, and the challenge to them was that they would consecrate themselves, themselves. Like they would set themselves apart as sacred and holy before God. And what was so beautiful about it is if they would do this, that tomorrow, the very next day, they would begin to see God do amazing things amongst them. So God, I position myself in you by the grace of Jesus to consecrate myself in you. There's nothing I can do to do that other than Jesus work in my life. And then in doing that, I'm getting freed from the curse. And now I'm starting to walk out the freedom of blessing. I'm starting to walk out where the curse isn't going to have a hold on my house, my hands, the things I put my hands to, things I put my life to. God, I'm ready to step into that. And so we see here, first it starts with ourselves, all right? So God is saying to him, get yourselves as a people ready to, to walk as holy. Get yourself as a people ready to walk as separate. That's what he's saying. And as you do that and you get ready to go into the promised land, I will be with you. I'll be amongst you. I'll drive out the enemies. And you'll see me. That's awesome. What a promise, you know. And so I want you to say this. I want you to say, I am holy. Yeah, you are. Say, I am sacred. I am God's own. Isn't that wild? I, apart from Jesus, I'm nothing. But because of Jesus, I can separate my heart to him and walk as sacred and holy, as separate people. Now, watch this. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, it says, While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. I love this. They, they, they took a time of remembrance of what God had done to bring them out of Egypt and into the promised land. And the day after Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. Now watch. And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. The idea, the same God that brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the wilderness, is now taking them into the land of promise. And for that season in the wilderness, they had just enough. Say just enough. That's how manna worked. It was just enough. Just enough in the morning. And if you try to hold on to it too much, if you try to keep it, it'd be spoiled by evening, you know. And then they would have just enough for the evening, but if you try to hold on to it, by morning it'd be spoiled, right? My grandmother would say it was roint. And I asked in the first service, anybody grew up, they said roint. And that's what I heard. Everybody in the first service said roint. And I'm like, y'all real country. <laughs> like, my grandmother wasn't that country, but she, things were roint. 
but not rent, you know. And, and then when grandma said she was going to get turned, I was like, grandma, no. That's a whole different thing. That's a different thing, Oscar. That doesn't mean, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just going to pick on Oscar because you had such a good word on Wednesday night. I'm just wanting to pick on you now. Man, worship, oh, my goodness, the night of worship Wednesday night, praise the Lord. It was powerful. It was powerful. A few different words came forth. It was just so good. So um, let, me, let me keep preaching. I'm sorry. So, um, so when it comes down to it, this idea of just enough, that's how it was marked in the, in, in, in the wilderness. It's a wilderness mentality. It's a provision of the Lord. Thank God it was just enough. But God doesn't want them to walk in just enough anymore. you got to remember, that just enough living was marked by their disobedience, not their obedience. That just enough living, that was wilderness living, right? These were a generation of people that because of their lack of belief and their negative thinking, they weren't walking into the promise. But God still loves you. If you're here, God bless your sweet little heart. All right? You're struggling and, and, and just, and I get that, you know. But God's wanting to accelerate us into what he has for us. And I just think that's a different mindset. I really do. I just think it's a different men mentality where, God, I'm not going to hold on to stuff so much that I miss your best for my life. But that's what was going on in the wilderness. And thank God it was just enough. But God's not calling them that, to that any longer. Now they're eating from the land, the fruit of the land, the produce of the land. That's awesome, you know. That generation before them had failed, and they had missed out on God's best. Now a new generation is consecrating themselves to walk and say consecrate themselves. All right, we're going to get there in a second. They're consecrating themselves to walk into what God has for them in the new land, all right? Now here's the thing. That's themselves, right? But listen, God doesn't want to just consecrate you. He wants to consecrate what you have. Does that make sense? So it's not, so we start off this side of the walking into the promise, this side of Jordan, Joshua says, consecrate ourselves for tomorrow, God's going to be amongst us, and we're going to go into the land, and we'll know God's with us, because we're going to deal with all these enemies, okay, all right, and your mother-in-law, we're going to deal with that, that's going to happen, all right, but there's another step, watch this, this is the next step, now this happens after they come into the promised land. A word goes forth to them, okay? And so this is, this is not just them being consecrated. God's wanting to consecrate the stuff they put their hands to, too. So in verse 18, Joshua 6, it says, But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction. Say devoted to destruction. There's two things we're going to see in here. That's the first. Lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. Why? Cursed things curse things. All right? So these are things devoted to destruction, things that God never intended you to hold on to. And so those things, cursed things, say that, cursed things, cursed things. And so these things are supposed to be devoted. Now here we're seeing, don't bring that thing devoted to destruction into your camp, because then you'll bring destruction into your camp. That makes sense. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. This is the capturing of Jericho. So they take this first possession that God has for them, but before they went in, God knew all this time you've had to rely on me. Now, here's a testing point. You're going to get the possession of this big, awesome city, and you're going to start thinking it's because of you. And you're going to start relying on you. And so God has them to take two things that are to be devoted. Some of the things devoted to destruction, 
some of the things devoted to God, but still everything consecrated. Can I say it again? Some things devoted to destruction, some things devoted to God, but still everything that their hands go on is consecrated. Is that neat? Set apart, separate in a, in a certain way. And so here, the things that are devoted to destruction, this is the things that are cursed in our lives that we need to let go of. I don't know what that might look like for you, but you do. When I said that, the Spirit of the Lord, if there's something in your life that you know, this is a curse. This is something I don't need to be putting my hands to, but I keep putting my hands to it. I need to let this go. This is devoted to destruction. When I said that, something started rising up in me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's talking, he's talking to me. Pastor's talking to me. No, it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Amen? And I'll, the Holy Spirit will reveal it. The Holy Spirit will reveal it. Amen? He'll do a work in that. I love that. And so I don't know what that might be for you, but there's things in your life that want to destroy or bring destruction. For me, that was going to the buffet. I'm, and please don't make light of that. I'm serious. The people here that know me, I was almost 300 pounds this time last year, okay? Man, I was devoted to destruction. I could go to destruction for about a two-hour window. I'm serious. I could get six plates of destruction. Honest. And I had to let go of that. I don't want to let go of that. I can't tell you how many weeks where my mind would just think, I, 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 just, I, just, I, need, I need an endorphin release. Ain't nothing like a whole bunch of buffet to make my endorphins go off, you know. Just being honest. But it was killing me. And so this time last year, I had to devote that thing to destruction. I had to let go of that. And I still struggle. But I had to let go of that, all right. The other thing is that we see here is those things that are devoted to God. It's not things that are bad, it's things that's good that God wants. Your time, your talent, your treasure. God says, put that in my hand. Don't hold those things back for me that you're supposed to give to me. But give me your time, give me your talent, give me your treasure. Put it in my hand, devote it, set it apart for my purpose. Consecrate it toward me. Amen? So let me say it this way, we'll put this on the screen. Listen, don't let what desires to possess you keep you from possessing what God desires for you. I want you all to read that. Can you look up there? Ready? Read. Read it one more time. Nice and loud. Yeah, yeah, so these things that we so often devote ourselves to, the things of destruction and the things that really belong to God, so often it's hard for us to let those things go. I like those things that lead to destruction. Am I alone in that? No, most of us do. Why? That's the cursed nature. Last year I was tired of it. Objection of God. Last year I was tired of it, and I put my flesh under subjection to God. Not because I have that strength. I was very weak. But God, you're going to have to have victory here in my life because I can't do it myself. Why? Because it's not just me I'm battling. There's a curse. And the devil doesn't mind how he gets you as long as he gets you. Right? And it wasn't going to be a young hottie that pulled me away. It was going to be hot wings. I'm just being honest. I'm going to keep my mind straight on the young hottie too. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I want to do that right as well, you know. But I'm just saying, everybody has their stuff. There is, you know, that's 
thing that's so easy for me to devote to. It's, but it's not just me. It's, it, there's an enemy that wants to allow that curse to manifest and to rise up. And so what I'm trying to get to today with all of this is the idea that we are leaving those things. We're not putting our hands on the things. We're The things devoted to destruction, we're letting go of. The things in our life that we know need to be put in the hands of God, those things devoted to Him, we're giving to Him. It was so beautiful. Last Sunday, or last Sun Monday, I got a call from a woman, a young woman in her 20s. And she called, and she was just like, Pastor Rush, you'll never guess what happened. And I said, what? She goes, I don't have a place to live. With like joy in her heart, she's saying this. And I'm like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> she said yesterday, if you were here last Sunday, I preached the idea that we've got to leave our tents. The tents were on the wilderness side of Jordan. And the Bible said that they set out from their tents and they went to the promised land. And that we've got to set out from our tents. And so Monday she calls me and she's like, Pastor Ross, she goes, that word yesterday got in me. And I went home. Now this is a young woman who was a meth addict. And living with a guy when she came to faith in Christ about five months ago. Now, nah, about, about four months ago. All right? Sweetheart of a girl. And, but, man, there's a whole lot that is devoted to destruction that she wasn't ready to let go of. And there's a whole lot that needs to be devoted to God that she wasn't ready to give to him. And so all this time is gone. And she heard that sermon on Sunday. And the Spirit of the Lord. This is, I mean, young preachers that are in here, listen, it's not you. It's God. All right? There's no way, because I've been preaching this to her for four months. But the Holy Spirit got a hold of her on Sunday last week. And when she got home, she just couldn't shake the word. And so she calls me on Monday and says, I have left my boyfriend. It's not a situation that's God-honoring. It's not a situation that is going to let me walk in what God has for me. And so I have left my boyfriend, all right? And here's what's amazing about it. She, she starts preaching my sermon back to me. She goes, you know what? Because I don't want to live like I'm dwelling in a tent any longer. You said a tent is those that are focused on the temporal things and the temporary things. I'm ready to focus on the eternal. And, man, I'm like, preach, sister. And then next thing you know, she just drops it some more. She says, you know, remember what you said? A tent is something that symbolizes limited covering. I don't want to walk in the limitations any longer. I want to be covered by all that God has for everything in my life. I want set free. I want victory. And she's just going, I'm like, preach, sister. It was awesome. And then she said, now, what did you say about the, the tent and, like, God wants to take you in and, and like, get you? And I said, I said that the tent is a symbol of, of wandering, but God wants to establish you. And she said, that's it. I want to be established. And she ain't got a place to live. But, shout but. but. I'm thinking about maybe, I don't even know, I'm thinking about Easter service might be called but. I don't know, that might be a weird name, but. You know, three days in the ground, but. Come on, somebody, you know. Once was lost, but. You know, once was blind, but. <laughs> you can preach that. Okay, I'm sorry. So, But. Her place she works at, she hasn't even been there that long working. They believe in her. And they're paying for two months of, or two weeks of her to be at a hotel while she gets things sorted out. Amen? That sweetheart's coming in here this week to work with Pastor Brantley and, and, and Pastor Stephanie. And they're going to get things figured out and help her take the next steps. Because by God, we're not going to let her be taken back by the curse. Amen? Amen. So, so. Takes money to help folk. Give money. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that was funny right there. <laughs> is this a tithing sermon? Kinda. I'm serious. Say kinda. You'll see. It, it, it kinda is. It kinda is. But it's more than that. And so this young woman, she's going to not focus on the temporal. She's going to walk in the eternal. 
She's not going to focus on limited coverage. She's going to let God get a hold of her and give her everything that she needs. And she's not going to wander no longer. She's going to allow God to establish her. Can you see how important it is to go from bondage into the promise? And not just for her, it's important for us. You know why that sweetheart stayed around here since September, since the Lord started dealing with her heart? Because of you all. Because you loved her, genuinely. And she sensed it. Isn't that awesome? And the Lord worked on her heart. And yes, she was in sin. But we didn't jam that down her throat. We just loved her, you know? And now look what God did. Power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so the things in our life that God is saying that are devoted to destruction or things in our life that need to be devoted to God, we've got to, we've got to let go of. And it could be anything from the area of lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. I don't know what that looks like. Pride, you know, the, 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 the eyes, the lust of the eyes could be envy, you know. No matter how much you get and that, that, and that pride of life, materialism, people, yeah, you just need to have more. It, it, you know what? It blows my mind that people who make an abundance of finances sometimes are the worst givers ever just honest. How in the world could I ever, I'm making $200,000 a year, pastor. How am I supposed to give $20,000 to the work of the Lord? How? The same way the dude that just made 200 bucks this week gave 20. All 200 buck earners this week shouting out. No, I'm teasing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean it's not about, the, I, it's just going, God, I'm devoting this to you, you know. And so whatever that looks like, it could be addiction, it could be the lust of the flesh, and there's addiction that God today is saying, I want you to give that to me, amen? And so let, let's go on and look what it says here in Joshua 7, verse 1. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. Remember, he told them, Don't, the things that are devoted to destruction, destroy. The things that are to be devoted to God, bring to the treasury, give it to God, all right? For Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Right? Achan was Achan, right? He was bringing himself into a place of the curse. He was bringing himself into a place of pain. Verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they've transgressed my covenant that I commanded them, and they've taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them under their belongings. Here's the thing about this. This is after the defeat at Ai. So they come into Jericho, and they have this great victory, and God gives them everything that they're supposed to walk in. And all he said was, destroy the things that need to be destroyed and give me the things that belong to me. That's all he said. They didn't, and the very next victory they were supposed to have, they lost the battle of Ai. A much lesser battle, too. I mean, Jericho was much more of a battle than Ai, and they lost it. And so now Joshua was on his face crying, and God begins to interject and say, this is what's going on. Verse 12, therefore the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. That sounds like being established, doesn't it? They can't stand. They can't before their enemies. Established amongst their enemies in that land. Why? Because they turn their backs before their enemies. Why? Because they have become devoted for destruction. I'll be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up. Consecrate. There it is again. Consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, says the Lord, the God of Israel. There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. And as I said, those devoted things, some are devoted to destruction, some are devoted to the purpose of God, but they're still being held on to, okay? It, it may be in your life. You have a talent. God wants to use you mightily, but you won't. You won't release yourself to be used by God. You won't devote that to the work of the Lord, you know. I'm not sure what that might look like for you. 
but I don't want you to just think sin. I don't want you to just think money. It can be all, anything God's saying you let go that is devoted to destruction that needs to be destroyed or anything that, God, you can use. Here you go. Open my hand to you. All those things are these devoted things. Now, here's what's amazing about this. When you look at this, it says they could not stand because they have become. Say they have become. They have become devoted for destruction. Did you see that? that that's a flip. That, 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 that right there, that's, it says because they have become. In other words, I thought the stuff was devoted to destruction. Mm-hmm. But now the stuff has caused them to be devoted to destruction. Why? Because cursed things curse things. Is that crazy? We didn't see that before. Joshua just said, God's saying that stuff's cursed, don't touch it. Don't d- destroy those devoted things. But they devoted themselves to the devoted things that were cursed, and now those cursed things are in their life, and now it says they have become cursed. Where did the curse originate? Was it God? Is God cursing them? No, the stuff is cursed. The earth is cursed. Already that stuff is cursed. But we have a beautiful opportunity. The stuff God wants to die, God says to devote to destruction, and the stuff God wants to use, he says, give it to me, and when you do, the curse is reversed. Now, let me just say it with tithing. When it comes to tithing, and I choose to give my 10% to the Lord, he doesn't just release the curse off the 10%. He releases the curse off the 100. Everything, my, every dime I have is blessed. My money is blessed. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I partner in tithing. You all know my story. Does that mean that I walked in blessing, like financially, all these years? We went through some stuff. We walked through it still blessed, you know. We got through it. We got through it together. It's a beautiful thing. All right, so I'm not preaching prosperity that way. I'm just saying, um, given for destruction, devoted to destruction to be destroyed, and we, a lot of things are supposed to be devoted to worship God, given to God. Because in Scripture it says you're cursed with the curse. Cursed with the curse. That means the curse is already there, and now that curse is already there, you're walking in the curse. And in that situation, it was a tithing thing. Why? Because you, you rob God. You, you're not bringing everything you're supposed to bring into God's storehouse. Why bring and not give? Not, you're not giving to God. You, you don't give because it's all his anyhow. You, you bring. That's different. Bringing is just it's his and I'm bringing it back. It's not give. But when I choose to not bring it back, it's cursed. All that stuff in the city of Jericho was God's. God was giving it to them. Some things need to be destroyed. Some things need to be given back. And then the Lord distributes liberally. That's God's intention, okay? And so then it says in verse 19, Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give praise to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoils, when he saw a beautiful cloak from from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and I took them and see they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with silver underneath. When I saw, he saw something, so the, the, the lust of the eyes, it was a beautiful garment, the pride of life, you know, the lust of the flesh, I mean, I need this money, you know, all those things are in play, they just play out different ways. Here's what Achan was dealing with, he was dealing with the wilderness mindset, okay, because for all 40 years in the wilderness, as he was growing up, I had to hold on to it, you know. I had to get everything I could because you just can't trust that tomorrow there'll be more. And so I got to get it all now. This is my, 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 my now, okay. 
And here's the thing. If he was to hold on to that manna, come morning it would be spoiled. The same way, God was trying to teach him, look, I got you through this, and I have even more for you. I have overflow for you. You don't have to watch out for yourself because I'm watching out for you. Just do what I said. Bring it to me and destroy what needs to be destroyed. Put what's supposed to be in my hand in my hand, and you watch. I'll take care of you. But he had a wilderness mindset. i got to take it for myself. If I don't, I don't know what will happen tomorrow. And I think a lot of us here, we don't hold on to things in our life. We hoard in our life because we're worried about the next day. But that's wilderness thinking. Promised land thinking is that the manna ceased the day after they ate the produce of the land. And God's going to keep bringing the provision. Amen? And so today what I want us to do as we close, I, I just want us to think in our hearts what is it that I might be hoarding? What is it that I'm holding on to that needs to be devoted to destruction? And today, know that you're not battling for yourself against the one that enemy's battling against you. This isn't just a fight that you have. It's a fight you have with God against the one that wants to rob you. And then the other thing I want you to do is to allow your hearts to be devoted to what God wants you to be devoted to, those things that you consecrate to Him. Yes, I think 2017 should be a year of acceleration in your life, and I believe that when there's a, a sense of giving and generosity, you will see that. I believe that we should have a heart to tithe and to consecrate our finances. I believe we should have a heart to tithe our time and tithe our talents and give those things to the Lord. Let me close with this. You can't consecrate yourself. That, that's where we started with this. Consecrate yourself and know that I'll be amongst you, and I'm going to do some great things. I'm going to drive out the enemy. But you can't consecrate yourself and fail to consecrate your stuff and think you're going to live a life of acceleration. Can I say that one more time, and then we're going we're gonna to be done? You can't consecrate yourself and fail to consecrate your stuff and think you're going to live a life of acceleration. I want to challenge you to stop driving in circles. Be decisive when it comes to how you handle your stuff and the things that God wants you to that destroy. That sweet girl last week, she was decisive in how she was going to let go of that thing that had been devoted to destruction. She let it go and let it be destroyed. Decisiveness. And put your foot to the floor towards all that God has for you, amen, and watch him take you into that. Now, next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the end of our fast together, and we're going to break fast. Normally, we'll break fast in the evening, but how many know there's a little thing called the Super Bowl, all right? And God does want the Falcons to rise up, amen? <laughs> I know Pastor Corey said it's not important. It's not important. It's not, but, 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 but God does want them to win. All right. But when service is over, this service, second service next Sunday, we're going to have potluck together. So if you can bring some things of food, we'll have tables all set up and, and where you can put it out there and keep it warm. And when this service is over, we're going to break fast together. It'll be a wonderful time together. Um, also next week, we're going to do baptism. If you've never been baptized, it's time for you to take that step of faith and be baptized publicly. So this week, if you would, um, there's information. You can go on our thing, um, our app, and sign up for baptism, and you'll get information regarding baptism. And, um, and, 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 man, there's just no greater joy than to be able to take you before the body as you profess your faith in Jesus. Amen? Thank you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this family. Lord God, um. We're not where we once were, but we're not where we're going to be, God. You've done so much in us already, and we just look forward to what you're going to do in us as we move forward into kingdom things, as we move forward into your plan for us, hidden, and possess the land. 
that you might be seen and that we might be hidden even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.